welcome back to the Cluey Podcast, where we help conscious consumers like you get clued into the latest conscious tips, topics, and brands from impact-driven founders to experts and thought leaders on the topic at hand. I'm your host, Mary Claire, founder of Cluey. Let's get Cluey'd in. Today's topic, the impact of your textiles. To discuss this, our guest today is Phoebe Yu. CEO and founder of Etitude, a next-gen materials and sustainable lifestyle company that sells textiles and fabrics for your bedroom, bathroom, and home. Phoebe is certainly an expert on the topic of sustainable textiles and material science, and I'm excited to dig into today's topic with her. Phoebe, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. And you know, I'm I'm a big fan of your brand. Um, I mentioned this to you before the podcast, uh, but I actually ordered uh, a few sets of Etitude pajamas for my bridesmaids uh, the morning of my wedding. And almost all of them have ordered a second set of Etitude pajamas because they are just such big fans. So you've created this amazing brand that people absolutely love for their bedding and for so many other products. And I'm, I'm curious, what led you to start Attitude, and what's ultimately your goal and, and mission in, in Attitude, and what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, well, so as the brand name suggests, Attitude means eco attitude. So I think it's the, the idea of that starting a sustainable uh, company is really started brewing after I moved from China to Australia many years ago. Uh, well, how many years ago? 15 years ago. Um, before, uh, when I lived in China, I don't have much knowledge about sustainability or this is a huge a problem for this uh, whole, you know, the whole world, uh, not just a single country. After I moved to Australia, I get a good education, re-education on, oh, we have uh, this global warming problem and a lot of the old way doing things are super toxic and unsustainable that we have to find better ways to move forward that I have that passion. And I think by doing that is to start my own company or my own brand that I can Kind of have that control um i had been in a textile business before but i'm kind of just helping big brands uh develop um products like i have limited like say on what the actual material they would choose use they probably have a lot of other consider like the price point uh, instead of put the sustainability first well especially 15 years ago now i think more and more big brands or small brands are or start to consider more and more about the product, the sustainability um, and ethical practice uh, in their sourcing. But 15 years ago, it's non-exist almost in, in home textile. And I was also, so first I, I know that space. And also I was shopping for home textile for my new home in, 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 in Melbourne, Australia. I thought, oh, okay, there's a white space on the market. I, I'm, I think there are thousands of consumers like me um, start to awaken and uh, seeking such a product. And also not just sustainable, but also comfortable, soft, you know, high performance, but it's not on the market, then that create a business opportunity. That's how it started. Well, that's wonderful. And it's cool to, to know that you were able to take that previous experience from working in textiles for big brands and, and seeing where the priority wasn't. And it didn't sound like at the time it was on, you know, choosing sustainable materials and, and thinking more about the materials from a from an impact standpoint, as opposed to impact on a company's bottom line, maybe. And so, yeah. you know, with that, part of your story is that you patented a new type of fiber to create your fabrics mm -hmm. called clean bamboo. Can you tell us a yeah. little bit more about how you thought to try that and how it's different from other fabrics or textiles and when you knew that you had done something special? 
Yeah, so Lin Bamboo uh, really it's the third generation of bamboo textile. So the the first and second generation of the bamboo, the rayon viscose and bamboo model, uh, which are had already been exist on the market for 20, 30 years. So the raw input of using bamboo is great. Bamboo is a super, uh, probably the most uh, sustainable plant uh, on the earth. But uh, the process used in viscose and, and the model to process it is not very sustainable. Um, and also they use harmful chemicals. So that has always been an issue so that bamboo textile wasn't getting to that mainstream as it should um, for that 20, 30 years, just because like, um, the processing is not truly sustainable. So when I came by this technology that actually solved that problem, so the finished product, because we use a closed loop, also use an organic compound, which is the food grade. Uh, this is a, an ingredient people even use in food processing. So it's totally non-toxic and safe uh, to get the fiber out of bamboo that then can turn that into a, a, a yarns and then weave that into textile. Um, then we, we are able to fix this issue that this the final product is truly sustainable and safe uh, and non-toxic to, to the planet or to humans. Um, I think so. So it's all started here. That's I think I have truly something special um, there. Yeah. And, you know, I think what's what's really important about what you just touched on is that it's easy to kind of think, uh, you know, quickly as a conscious consumer about, a product's impact on the planet, because um, oftentimes maybe that's what people are thinking when they think of terms like sustainability. Um, yeah. Also, the impact on people. So, uh, you know, previous generations of these textiles being made that could be harmful to both consumers as well as workers who are managing these materials and producing these materials. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, you have consumers who might have different cares in terms of the impacts that they care about. Maybe they care more about the impacts on, you know, safety yeah. in the home versus potentially impact on the planet and, and vice versa. And some care about it all. Uh, so I think yeah. what's really cool is that you found an, uh, an option that was better for the planet and better for people. And I guess with that and with kind of where the impacts that the current state of the textiles industry can be a little bit more on the negative side, what is a stat or cold fact about the environmental or, uh, you know, people impact of the traditional um, textiles industry that the average consumer may not know? Yeah, so the, the whole textile industry is a massive polluter. So it is the second largest polluter after oil in the world. Wow. And it's also the second largest consumer of water globally. It, you know, it needs a lot of water. Uh, like you grow cotton or you use a lot of water or you process certain textile, the dyeing um, also use a lot of water. So it's 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 consume a lot of fresh water, which we are also in shortage and also 10 percent of total global CO2 emissions. Wow. So mm. big environmental impact. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, this is often the case. I think a, a lot of consumers mm. who are looking to make switches probably already know this about fashion. You know, they they make that as association with the fashion industry, but generally mm. like fashion at a wider scale is really boils down to textiles and uh, textiles yeah. don't just extend to what the clothes you put on your back, but the towel yeah. you dry off with when you get out of the shower and the sheets that you sleep on at night. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's a really established industry with a ton of players and mm -hmm. it can get, it can be hard, I imagine, to get consumers to shift their behavior when they're used to buying mm -hmm. certain products over and over again, for example, mm -hmm. cotton bed sheets. Um, how do you go about trying to encourage behavior change uh, as a brand? Well, I think, yeah, education 
definitely is is the number one. So consumer don't know what they don't know. So you have to tell them. Like even I, when I don't know about the climate change problem, I, I was not incentive to do something about it. So the first is that aware and that they, from their changing their behavior does make an impact. Actually, pretty pretty big. Don't don't you know think that they daily your little um each individual's uh, uh behavior doesn't matter. Uh, agri- uh, you know adding adding up it it, it does make uh, matters and we're tipping the point like i think more and more consumer actually moving that way especially young people because afterward they, this is the planet they they have to live for another 70 years yes um so education and also i think traditionally sustainable products wasn't get too much traction is sometimes the performance is not there the price is too high right. so my motivation is also so the the first consider also the the quality like i'm a consumer and also the quality is there is also sustainable if something lasts longer right people love it and keep using it so the quality has to be on par and the price is similar or only a little bit expensive and then it's sustainable then it's consumer why not why i wouldn't choose it right but i think that sometimes in old days when the technology is not there sometimes the the performance is not there so it's difficult for consumer to change their behavior so I'm also a true, true believer of for science and technology advanced to, so consumer don't need to make sacrifice. I don't believe consumer makes sacrifice to, to help save the planet. I think they have a right to, to, to have high quality products and sustainable. So that's open business opportunities for innovators, for entrepreneurs to figure that out. I think that's so well said uh, about you know making a more sustainable alternative that doesn't require the consumer to make a sacrifice. Uh, it, yeah. it would only take someone a few minutes browsing through Attitude's reviews uh, and, yeah. and through Attitude's social media to know that people are obsessed uh, with your products and you made such, uh, the clean bamboo uh, fabric is so soft and breathable, um, uh, having known that from personal experience, um, but also it's, it's very apparent in how your consumers are really drawn to your brand. Um, now, I guess one question that I have, uh, you know, for listeners who maybe are interested in what Attitude has to offer, um, but maybe they're also buying uh, their textiles uh, in a store and a retail uh, where Attitude may not be offered. Um, what are some things that consumers can do in their day-to-day textile purchasing um, to ensure that the products they're buying are, you know, having the, the, the least negative impact on people on the planet? Are there certain certifications that you'd recommend people keep an eye out for when it comes to textiles? Yeah, so definitely first to look at the fabrication label. So because the garments, or the, this, this garment is made of what, what materials. So look at those materials. Do you understand these materials? So as I said, um, uh, or at least organic cotton is better than just virgin virgin conventional cotton. Or if there's like a regenerative organic cotton, I think that's a new certification and even better. Uh, try to avoid plastic polyester because that is petrol based. It, it will exist in forever. Even make from recycled plastic, well, it still will dissolve in the ocean. In the end of the day, if it's into landfill uh, or into the ocean, it's still a problem. Uh, so try to stick with you know natural fibers um, uh, like like our bamboo or organic cotton, regenerative cotton, uh, uh, hemp. So linen, so relatively a bit better, uh, definitely better than the uh, plastic ones. 
Um, and also for DAI, usually for OEKO certification. So we have the uh, level two, like it's children safe. So all our products, whatever, adults or children, we don't separate it. It's all baby safe. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But usually um, major brands or, 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 or uh, fashion labels, they pass at least level one just for adult safe that uh, the dyeing process, they don't have too much uh, harmful chemical residue there. Um, and that's the OEKO OEKO tax label, OEKO tax label. You're saying that there's level one and level two. Level two is more um, robust in terms of it not only being safe for adults, but also for babies. Y'all are are past level two. So to keep for consumers listening, they should be looking for level two, ideally, uh, OEKO tax certification. But usually only baby kind of product uh, company do that uh, because kind of, yeah, uh, just usual fashion company wouldn't do that. It's difficult to to get that. Yeah, interesting. Okay, what mm-hmm. out of curiosity, what makes it more difficult than level one? Oh, just like in the dyeing process, you it's just more strict. You mm-hmm. just cannot use any harmful or there's any harmful residue uh, in 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 the textile. Got it. But okay. a lot of sometimes uh, fashion industry might that uh, because they need a variety of colors or things like they're dyeing process wasn't up to that standard. Got it. Makes sense. Okay. So it, it limits what they can do in terms of, in terms of that part of the process. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. And you know, you've been in the industry, as you mentioned prior to attitude, 15 years ago, you know, before attitude, you were working for textiles for big brands. How have you seen mm-hmm. generally, like what have been some of the biggest uh, thematic shifts? that you've seen in the textiles industry in terms of maybe even in terms of like what consumers are demanding more of uh, or any, any other shifts that you could speak to? Yeah, definitely start to feel more and more that brands start to shift or at least are, are looking into new alternative uh, material that are sustainable also have the performance um, because they, the consumer is pushing for that and also on the regulation side, especially I think Europe is always leading that space. They are like tighter and tighter on the materials brands use. First, you have to declare very clear to consumer what material you, you're using um, in your labels. And also there are certain materials considered non-sustainable and gradually they will try to retire that or you you know encourage brands or force brands to use less and less of it. So there is definitely, the big brands are all start looking to sourcing uh, sustainable material more and more. Uh, so that's why our technology also get a lot of interest um, from 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 those brands looking to collaborate, um, definitely see that. And also, usually that happens before you see the final result on the market because like development uh, need time. So right. I'm not feeling that movement on market yet right now. But after eighteen to twenty four months, it's like oh, the new materials are everyone. Uh, a, a lot of in the offer going to mainstream on the market. But like so as industrial insiders we know that's like a lot of things brewing uh definitely the trend is going that way that's very exciting to hear that there's uh that there's a few things on the horizon i mean you you spoke to this in your answer just now about high performance fabrics now granted when i'm thinking of high performance Mm -hmm. fabrics i'm thinking of like athleisure wear um you know uh shirts and pants that allow for like um non-sweating uh, if you're working out mm-hmm. and obviously m- the majority, vast majority of those high performance fabrics are Petro based. Um, do you feel mm-hmm. that there are in your, is your insider knowledge saying that there's 
uh, performance-based fabrics in, in that arena that can be coming from non-Petro uh, sources in the future? Yeah, there are more, I think, more and more new technology also explored plant-based or even recycled uh, material to, to be able to meet those performance requirement even for uh, sportswear or, or active leisure wear. When I talk about performance, particularly like uh, moisture management, cooling effect, durability, longevity after aging and surface appearance after time, is it like peeling? So actually we did a performance test, uh, you know, compared to kind of popular material on, on the market right now. We had did test compared to cotton, viscose, and tensile, and we are all beat them uh, on all these four key areas of the performance. Like we um, we just like 24% better uh, in sweat management, 70% more cooling effect, 5% more durability, 70% uh, better on service um, appearance after aging. So that's what I said. I'm also very pleased to see those um, lab test results that our, our uh, textile is truly you know, not just sustainable, but also definitely on par and even better than the traditional uh, material that can be a truly replacement, right? Absolutely. Yeah. A win, a win, a total win-win right there uh, where the consumer doesn't have to compromise. And as someone who is a, yeah. uh, I like to call myself a hot sleeper, uh, it's mm -hmm. good to know that, you know, that's yeah. also an important area is your bedding where, where performance materials really do matter or you know, your, your bath towels, uh, moisture management, so many things that people just care about the basic day-to-day -day quality of certain things like uh, those areas. I think a lot of times there's a misconception that if you're going with a more sustainable alternative, you have to make a sacrifice as a consumer. Uh, and, and what you and your company and your brand um, have proven is that that's not the case, uh, which is amazing. And yeah. uh, you know, Phoebe, we're coming to the end of our podcast here, and we always love to end our podcast with two glimmer of hope questions. Uh, so far, the podcast has been extremely hopeful uh, with, with all of the advancements uh, that brands like Attitude have led the way on. But one of our first questions that we always end our podcast with is, what is a new innovation, uh, specifically in the world of impact that you're involved in, um, that you're particularly jazzed about right now? Mm, I think uh, if talk about textile, it's more uh, the, the truly circular, okay, recycle basically everything. I think it's getting there. It's now still expensive, sometimes hard to separate things. If a, 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 a garment is made with a couple of materials, it's difficult to recycle. So, but there's also exciting movement there. So hopefully like nothing is go to waste. So I think in the, the future is no, not, there's no waste. Uh, waste is feedstock for another product or a new cycle, so uh, no landfill. So, but it's overall general for the overall world the technology. I, I'm really was looking at the AI space, how it can help you. Maybe you can even tell it, ask it, how you solve the global warming problem, right? <laughs> Maybe it can, you know, that technology can help us solve this problem. So that's on our bigger scale. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, AI is everywhere right now, um, and and a lot of people are. Excited. Yeah. About it. Um, but I, I agree. I think hearing about circularity, true circularity, really dominating more and more in textiles it sounds, it sounds like a very bright future ahead. Um, our second glimmer of hope question that we always end our podcast with 
especially when we're speaking to founders of brands that we love, to see if they can actually rapid fire name three other brands uh, that they love and use in their everyday life outside of their own brand, of course. Oh, uh, love and use everyday life. Oh, I, I always loved Pangonia. Um, I have many of their clothing. It, yeah, it lasts forever. So the quality is there, right? Um, and definitely, I, I think they prove that, yeah, you can have a company that care about the planet, people, and profitable. So yeah. I think that's definitely very aspirational. Um, another, I use Blueland for my dishwashers. So it's also non-plastic uh, uh, packaging. Hmm, a third one. What is sustainable product I'm using? These days I buy very little things. To try. <laughs> so, um, so the clothing is Patagonia and then the dishwasher. Ah, it's a third thing, actually. You got me there. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, for beddings and towels, I'll have our own products. What is another thing I constantly buy? Um, I like... Uh, athlete green, but that's more on the health and wellness. But also, I think they use great ingredients. Uh, I think a lot of our team members are drinking it. I think it's produced in in um, New Zealand, so the ingredients are all nature, and then they use uh, a great way. Because our uh, head of uh, operation used to also work for them, so he he truly oh, wow. know how they operate, and just like yeah, definitely gives thumbs up. The ingredients are really great, and 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 we see the result. We are healthy, and and and. Uh, yeah, that's the third. That's I think great. They... Well, it's great to have that insider scoop from that from that third brand. Three amazing brands, and thank you for sharing yeah. that. Um, yeah. Baby, thank you so much for coming on our podcast to get our followers clued in about the impact of your textiles. Thank you. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's episode. As a disclaimer, Cluey does have an affiliate relationship with Attitude. However, we only enter into affiliate relationships with brands who are considered top-rated on our platform meaning they score a B minus or higher on both their people impacts and planet impacts in our rating systems. Our ratings are aggregated from best in class third-party data, so Cluey cannot impact the rating of these brands ourselves. If you'd like to learn more about Cluey, our top rated brands, our ratings, and how we make money, you can find it all at clueyconsumer.com slash about us. Come back next time to get Cluey into the latest in the world of conscious consumerism. 